Genius, it takes a lot to get on my show. Genius, you're probably someone we'd like to know. You're really good at stuff, you probably like to dance. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius, get onto my show. Howdy folks, welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. On this episode, I have founding partner and co-owner of Ninja Tracks, Michael Nielsen. You may have heard a past interview I had with his partner, Kaveh Cohen. They're both great friends of mine. I love these guys to death. Uh, they produce the lion's share of the music for blockbuster movie trailers, lots of video games. Um, I know that uh, you've heard their music for sure. So anyway, um, I hope you enjoy the interview. Oh, and I wanted to thank Michael for loaning me this new microphone, Shure SM7B. Man, I'm loving it. Makes me sound way better than I normally do. I also want to thank Greg Geiger for helping me with my terrific theme song. You can visit him at laclassical.com. Tell him I said hi. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Here's Michael. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you. Thanks for asking me. It's really nice to see you. Yeah, you too. Uh, So I really only know you. um, Let's get you a little bit closer. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So I really only know you as a a friend and partner of Kaveh, who I've had on the show. I mean, I've seen you, obviously, at parties. Hey, guys. Colin. Close your door. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll set the scene. We're at, uh, we're at your awesome studio where you do all your work and your partners are, um, being as loud as usual. Yes. That's, that's how we normally work. Yeah, yeah, you work exactly. a little bit, someone barges into the room and it's so funny because every time I'm over here, it seems so quiet, but I guess oh. it's not. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not at all. So they, they took to Photoshopping genitalia and. <laughs> taping it on my window and so that particular one has moved its way Kav hasn't found it yet it'll he'll tell you if he's uh listened to this because oh that's it's, funny it's hiding in his uh machine room around the corner oh, it's kind of like uh, elf on a shelf yeah, but it's like much. penis in the closet that's exactly what it is as a matter of fact yes that is exactly what it is that's pretty funny <laughs> um so like i said i don't really i don't know you that well so i really i think with this uh interview I'd like to just get to know you better. That sounds great. So tell me how, first of all, tell me where you grew up. Uh, I grew up in San Fernando Valley. Oh. I am okay. a total L.A. kid. I didn't really, like, leave L.A. ever. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born in Tarzana. I went to school in, like, Mission Hills, mm-hmm. went to college at UCLA, and then I came back to Sherman Oaks, and now I live in Encino. So nice. I made a nice little loop. That's great. Yeah, it's... uh. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I mean, why leave LA? I mean, I I, I uh, lived in Ohio of all places for about a year, and uh, you know, I'm back. Well, yeah. it's. I don't, <laughs> I don't talk about like maybe moving sometimes, but I don't know. There's always that fantasy, right? Like when, I, for instance, I like to fish. So whenever I, whenever I see these little cottages next to a stream somewhere, and I think, oh my god, that would be so great. But then. Yeah. I honestly do like going to museums. I honestly like going out to films and, do, you know, there are lots of things that besides that kind of transcend the idea of living in a city where I actually do use the city. I just can't think of, of leaving that behind. I don't know. And I can't make a living anywhere else. This is where all the, you know. Yeah. I think I'm kind of lucky that I 
probably could do the exact same thing anywhere. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, writing, composing music, or producing music for uh, movie trailers, video games. Yeah, yeah. Any, anything with picture. Yeah. Uh, I could kind of do it anywhere because for the most part, no one comes to visit. It's, yeah. you know. What about meetings? I mean, don't you have to actually go? Phone. That's it? Yeah. So we we really don't even could. bother to go over to Santa Monica. It's like I had a phone meeting this morning and. Well, I mean, going to Santa Monica is like traveling state to state in the Midwest. I mean, it, it, it takes two hours to get there. Yeah, and it's well, crazy. no, everyone's over there or the West Side, or so. so we don't we don't go anywhere. That's amazing. Yeah, but even still, I don't know. My family's here, and it's it's kind of nice. There's an energy here that you feel like you're doing something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. How did you How did you get into music? I'd like to hear that story. When did that start? Um, I know that you you play the guitar. Yes, very, very uh, well. that's my passion. I love playing guitar. Mm -hmm. And I, I sixth seventh grade, there was always a guitar around my house. Mm -hmm. My dad was a thumb one finger kind of country western plucker. Oh really? Yes. Yeah, so was knew, that his business? I mean, was that no? His no, he's a fireman. Was... He was a uh, went all through retired as a fireman. Really? Yeah, but he had he could play one string and just played little like. Uh, Peter Gunn theme, yeah, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I just loved that, and I, I took after that. But um, yeah, I wanted to be a rock guitar player and in bands. And then somewhere around college, in college, mm -hmm. I met um, a composer who was my buddy, uh, Brian Tyler. Yeah, um, who's done every huge movie franchise now. So um, he. We were in a band together, and uh -huh. uh, someone's like, "You need to meet this guy. You need to meet this guy." Yeah, yeah. So we we hit it off. We were like best friends within like two days. And um, now were you studying music at UCLA? No, I was studying history. Oh, I, you I did. Thought I was going to be a history teacher. Really? Yeah, because I figured that you can't really be a rocket. Like it's only there's no path, man. That's the thing. It's like you know, I always wanted to. Well, I shouldn't say I always wanted to be music, but I always loved music and I loved singing. But there's no like path to go you know abcd if you want to be an accountant or a history professor or whatever you know there's like a very steady laid out course for yeah you. i used um, to linger in um Schoenberg hall sure and like there's a library mm -hmm. so i'd kind of like sneak in like they're gonna kick me out or yeah, i'd yeah. sit and there would be a professor playing piano and in, in the hall and, and uh be like i want to be here yeah but then i'm like okay i'll just go back to the safe i'll be uh, history teacher or something like that wow yeah and what kind of history were you most interested in i had no idea i don't know i just i was uh, i liked u.s history uh latin america ancient history it was very non-specific so when anyone asked me a history question I'm like i don't know it was like i didn't specialize enough i mean what uh, what got you why history of like all things uh just stories that was it's, it yeah it seems kind of just terrible at math, which yeah. is, I think, more rare for musicians. I think so, yeah. Uh, terrible. Yeah. There's a good chance I'm, I'm dyslexic, in, <laughs> at least in a, a portion. I write things backwards all the time. Uh, really? And stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, all jokes aside. But it, I mean, it doesn't really affect me all much, all yeah, that yeah, much yeah. Uh, my daily life. Yeah. Um, so you graduated with a degree in history? Yeah, history and business. But you were, but you were playing in a band the whole time. Yeah, playing in a band it was just me and brian yeah so it was like well we were two guys and it was before white stripes showed that yeah like, right right that you two could is do enough that. yeah so um but we would get into recording and brian got a recording setup and that was where i'm like this is the best like just being in a studio and yeah. carving like your music that way and uh so we learned just from square one all 
all of that stuff. And that was early Pro Tools days and things like that. And he, uh, God bless him, he went straight for it. He's like, this is what I want to do. And what was he studying? Do you remember? Well, he wasn't studying music, was he? I don't know. Uh, he may, he and I think he had he was uh, was able to do a dual. I see. Thing, uh-huh. but he. Uh, so he had already decided like this is. Yeah, he was like I can do this. Yeah, and he he fast tracked. He was like I'm doing that, and then he went to Harvard, and then he was like, but still, I want to be a composer, and I was like, well, I don't even know how you do that or what what that's all yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in that regard, it was like, oh my gosh, you just decide you're going to do it. Yeah, and, and learn how to do, do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of um, that's how I've done everything, which is just force of will. Like I when I graduated from college, like I probably couldn't spell a B flat major chord. Yeah. And it was like I had to figure it out later. Once I got a composing job, it was like, oh, my God, I need to know how to well, write for, some music. Uh, let's go back. How how do you first how do you get your first composing job being a history major? Uh I I worked with Brian while he was doing his his thing and okay. he was starting to get like oh man he's he's really doing it yeah I want to go do my own thing so I started doing pop music mm-hmm. and writing for other people that was a little more in my wheelhouse uh-huh. uh, at the time and you'd write on the guitar and just record it or how would you do yeah it? and I met up with some other people uh-huh. so I would often lean on my engineering and just sonic skills and mm-hmm. and that and then I learned music over that like four or five years. Mm-hmm. And during that time, we got to work with like Barry Manilow and uh, Kenny Loggins. And it was just like this weird circumstances where like we were really good. Just it never clicked. It was like it was guys that were sort of past their prime or or an artist that just didn't quite make it. Yeah, yeah. Or was after their major hit. Like we worked with the Baja Men yeah, right yeah. after Who Let the Dogs Out. And no <laughs> one cared. <laughs> so it was always this struggle of like, well, in – uh, especially at that time, music wasn't—it's not the best period of music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when yeah. Backstreet Boys and sure. every fourteen-year-old Disney star had a record deal. Sure. So I was ready to be totally done. I'm like, I'm out. Me and my wife, who had I met in uh, my first like real week at UCLA, uh-huh. and we've been together since. Uh-huh. We're like, we're gonna move to maybe Austin or something, and I'll try and. I mean, what were you doing to support yourself through through this period? Mostly, my wife did. Wow, she, she had a great job. What is uh, what was she, she doing? She was like a technical person at um, Oracle. Oh, uh huh. So she's a smarty pants. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I'm like, at some point, she's just gonna straight up divorce me because, like, <laughs> I've said, I've come home and be like, babe, this is it. We're it's, we're going to the top, and then it's like, shoot, <laughs> nothing happened. Uh, so. So yeah, then I had a, uh, another good friend, and at the, I knew Cave because uh, I worked at Guitar Center for four months, maybe six months, something like that. Yeah, uh, and he had two. It was w- weird circumstances. Like, why are we at Guitar Center like during this time? Yeah, and you both had the same. You both had the same interests in music, and yeah, oh yeah, we instantly hit it off. Work, and, yeah, yeah, and um, so um, he also then it was like I see Cave. Cave wants to be a composer. Yeah. And he was really talented. He was way light years ahead of me. So I'm like, here, check out my composition stuff. And I think I'm going to blow him away. Yeah. And instantly, as soon as the first note comes on, I'm like, oh, this is a mistake. <laughs> you just reach across the table yeah. and pull it, pull it back. <laughs> yeah. He's going to laugh. Uh, so I, a lot of it's just I've been around such talented people. And you just like, I'm going to steal a little of this yeah, talent yeah. And, and keep digging and digging. And uh just never let up and 
until you get to where like okay i'm getting better and then i start to i think my limitations have created who i am because there's still things i can't do and like just the way i've spent my first 20 years as a musician quote yeah. unquote, like having to work around certain angles like yeah, yeah. that's how i think about it now i don't have i so don't think about it like do you think having a do you think do you think ha had you gone after uh, a formal music education at conservatory or in college, do you think that would have somehow prevented you from being in the business that you're in now? I think it might have been. Because mm -hmm. um, for the longest time, I, I used to think like, well, the, the reason I'm having any success is mostly my taste mm -hmm. in things. Mm -hmm. And... Um, a lot of it is sonics and, th and that's what really i respond to anyway like there could be an incredible piece of music but if it's a terrible recording like i it kind of turns me off and like i really respond to the that the way things sound yeah mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be like the star wars version of music yeah where it's all that but it, it could be the lo-fi it just mm -hmm. There's some quality that just really resonates with me. Then did you get started at uh, mixing or uh, uh, recording? I, did. Or, I mean, like all, where all did of that. that. So all I, of that. Uh, I asked a friend when I was like 20. Mm -hmm. He's like, "So how do you become a mixer?" He's like, mm -hmm. "Well, the easiest way is to write your own stuff." And so then I'm like, "Okay, well, let's write our own stuff." Mm -hmm. And and again, even with the mixing and engineering, it was mostly um, just days and days of like listening and looking like this is terrible. What can I? I just pick one thing I could fix. Okay, yeah. I could fix that. That's a little better. Yeah, yeah. And then getting to the point where I got to um, sit in the room with like a Manny Mariquin who mixed some project that I had done, who's a genius mixer. And mm -hmm. like, oh, that's you how know. you do it. Yeah. And then, you know, see another guy and, you know, much later sit with Dennis Sands and, like, it's. Uh, well, was there a period the when you were, like, was there a period when you were playing the guitar and you thought, that you just wanted to play the guitar in a band or or write music for yourself and go that route was that ever a possibility for you yeah but i don't think it, like this was before youtube so i was like i'm pretty good yeah but and dude, then, you're a virtuosic guitarist i mean well th thank you i mean um, but man there's there's now you look and you're like holy cow there's guys that yeah. are re there's some like other year level. old kids yeah, yeah that's yeah. like i didn't even know that's possible um like I didn't know it was possible to not hit bad notes. I thought it was like I went to a concert and I'm like, yeah. that dude didn't hit one bad note all night. <laughs> like, how is that Son done? Of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just part of what happens. Sometimes yeah. you just like you just... brain fart or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're like, that is the wrong note. <laughs> and just bend it up a little more. Ah, okay. Well, just meant to do that kind of thing. So it wasn't really a I mean I wanted to. I just didn't know how to I how to get there but that seems like so much easier than what you've done uh maybe but it's one of those things i think where the planets aligned. like we were talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. You, how, and... how you got to where you're at yeah certainly wasn't a straight line in that path no that's true um and i think it's it's like when you finally hit that thing where you're like oh where all of this uh my upbringing and uh how i got here lines up at this, yeah. mm -hmm. this moment and it feels totally different mm -hmm. like i don't have to try quite as hard yeah i mean i remember when i first got into music i, I yeah i was ha i was having a really hard time just in life 
my grandfather died when I was 14 and it, that grief lasted like 10 years. And when I, when I discovered I could sing, I was 24. Like I literally discovered I could sing and that feeling did happen to me. It was like, I mean, it sounds so cliche to sound, to, to say that you're like in the groove, but it really, it kind of feels that way. It's like, oh, this thing is just moving me in this direction and I can recognize it and go with it or, or just, or fight it or, or say, no, it's not going to work. But it just seems so easy to just go down that way. Yeah. And then it's also easy to take credit for that and to like tell everybody, well, I just pulled myself up by my bootstraps mm -hmm. and, you know, but really it's just circumstance and luck and, and all of these things kind of coming together, I guess. I mean, I, I find it so fascinating honestly, to be sitting, if my, if my listeners could see where I was sitting, I mean, it's a multi-million dollar place. It's, it's this beautiful house that they've converted into a super modern, beautiful recording studio with all these different rooms and control rooms. And there's a giant leather sofa with big screen T. I mean, it's just like I, I could, you know, people could live here. And so to talk to both you and Kave, who really, um, didn't have these like aspirations to do to end up here and doing this thing. I, it's just really interesting. Well, here's a, a in part. Here's why I'm successful is because of Kave. And I'll tell you the story why. Um, I when I was ready to be done, kind of with music, yeah. I'm like done. We're moving to. It's just too hard, right? I mean, yeah, I, and it, and then at some point you <laughs> stop enjoying it entirely. That's and you're it. like, I would much rather work at Starbucks. That's it. And come home. Because and... you can't do anything with something you don't enjoy, no yeah. matter what. And and you're doing music 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Sleeping it, everything is that. And if it's just you're hitting your head against the wall, it just it's, it hurts too bad at right. some point. Yeah, right. So I told Kave, and he was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And were like, you guys at Guitar Center at the time? No, no. We were well past. Kave were... was already well. He was... Uh, composing some like, yeah where were you in your stuff. career at that point yeah i was after pop music okay. my production company had folded it imploded um why did that happen there was three of us and it was sort of like we just weren't having that success that big success so it was like all of us were poor and I'm just tired was, yeah yeah it just happened yeah you yeah know? um and music industry wasn't flourishing for like crummy pop songs if you will yeah you know? yeah so yeah. It, it was changing and it needed to be more artistic and that's not what we were doing and well there that, was that explosion of content where you either i mean the, you know if you weren't the cream rising to the very top it seems like the top one percent makes it and the rest of just like in any kind of music you know yeah but also i think more importantly i was faking it huh for about 10 years in that music i didn't want to do just in your heart yeah like i, I never listen to, i don't like that music really yeah like i love pop music yeah and i love that stuff but i would not be listening to like tlc on yeah. my days off or anything like that right it's just i was listening to rock stuff or stuff that was more i don't know aggressive or interesting film scores and all that mm -hmm. um so i was but i was done mm -hmm. i'm like i'm i'm moving and kave said uh he's like well you've been sort of ghostwriting some of this scoring stuff and it's doing well kave's been doing scoring and like why don't we form a company and I, I was like that sounds like a lot of work no, <laughs> no thanks i don't think that's gonna this work was, at all that's what i'm running away from yeah it's like <laughs> I don't, this sounds like time and effort yeah risk yeah. yeah and it's like mm -hmm. i'm just coming out of 10 years of risk and mm -hmm. 
and that and i was just exhausted and uh he's like give it like i think he said like give me like three months or give me six months if it's if it's just not working then go move yeah i was like all right that's fine Uh so we started ninja tracks which is our, our trailer music company and it it instantly was like this is what we're we together we are really powerful musically like where he comes from and where i come from really complement each other really well yeah and business wise that's also kind of how it works like he is like he's a, a freight train a master businessman yeah yeah he gets stuff done you, yeah you know he just talked yeah. about moving and things was like that yeah. sounds dangerous i would not do that moving. yeah yeah no <laughs> not for me yeah um and I am an incredibly hard worker. Yeah. Um, and so where that kind of balances out is a really strong. Yeah. What are your roles? I wanted to ask you how when you're when a call comes in from let's talk about Forza, for instance, when Microsoft calls or, or you get this contract to do the music for Forza. Um, how does it get done? Who does what exactly? Uh, in the early days, we'd sit in the same room. Okay. And if it was something that I was really like my in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. it's kind of like he would sit behind me and right. offer suggestions and vice versa. And vice versa. Uh huh. Um, and I think we both you'll say we both learned so much. But and now it got to the point where uh, th- there's a story of Lennon and McCartney, or Paul McCartney says he has a little John Lennon that sits on his shoulder, basically. Yeah. So I have a little like cave. On my shoulder whenever I write something, and it's still like, oh, that's that's not musical enough. Let me inject a little more music into this sort of trailery thing. Yeah. Um, but really, we'll just decide like, are you excited about doing this? Is are you pumped up? And whoever's kind of more excited about doing it takes we'll the take, lead. Yeah, we'll take the lead and ah. set a tone. And often we could sort of mimic each other's styles, but yeah. more and more we don't have to. We could just kind of like, great, that's cool. And I'll stay within that these boundaries yeah. and try and just complement what you did. So fit like literally you'll get up out of your office, you'll go into his office and say, Hey, come listen to this. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's that's mostly it. Sometimes you hear it through the wall and be like, I don't know what you were doing, but that's awesome. And you're like, Oh great, thanks for letting me know. Yeah. I and you, you find that it works know. better to to have separate spaces rather than working on one. Yeah, space. now nowadays I don't really love sitting in the same room. And working together because I, I think the music suffers a bit because then you have to find a, a common compromise. denominator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I prefer um, I to sit, close it all up, and be able to experiment completely. Yeah, without fear of failing and embarrassing myself in, in front of you know my best friend. And how <laughs> do you end up composing? Do you uh, do you compose at the guitar, at the keyboard? Do you? Uh, it's uh, always at on, the keyboard. On paper, do you write anything down? Do you no. Just, just uh, input? Every time I've really worked hard on my sight reading, um, I'm like, great, I've, I've got this, this session coming up and I, I want it strong. I have six months where I'm working on it, working on it, and yeah. I'll have that session. And then it's like high school Spanish where I'm like, I haven't really used that in a year and a half. Yeah. And I have to re-sort of get that motor going again. Yeah. And like I said, I didn't come from that background. So it's it's always sort of in this short-term memory sort of zone for me of sight reading yeah yeah so i could sit down and on guitar if it's fairly simple or, or the way, or whatever, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. when chart when things get broken out yeah. like i could follow and that's that's all fine but, yeah uh i'd be mortified if they're like you're on in five minutes here you go yeah 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 would not i would run see it's way. so weird because coming from my background that that was a huge emphasis in in my education and and 
and luckily it, it has paid off. You know, I do some session work around town and I, you show up and, and you open the music and James Newton Howard is there and they, the red light goes on and you just start singing it uh, off the page. Um, and so I have no, I have no concept. And I know a lot of my listeners are going to roll their eyes like, oh, of course, you just turn on Logic or Pro Tools and you just put, put the input thing and then you do the keyboard. And I, I, I honestly... When I think of music, I think of the page. Like I think of notation, and I think of interpreting that notation. And I have no mm. concept of composition outside of that. Well, it's funny because when I remember, I was I fell asleep when I was like twenty five or twenty six, yeah. and the TV was on, and there was some singing happening, and I saw it. I saw the notes in my dream. I was sort of in that half yeah, state, yeah. and I saw it as like logic and auto-tune pitches oh i see like and i was following it perfectly but it's like but without the without the staves yeah it was all in electronic uh, lego blocks yeah basically the long and up and down yeah yeah. stuff and then i woke up i'm like wow that was kind of cool going about this totally the wrong way i'm (laughs) I'm over here it's very modern but um i think more and more a lot of younger people are of course that, you no know? of course i mean everybody's got a studio and if you, you buy a mac and you've got a studio at your fingertips with yeah, you're garage band. so when you when you come up with a tune is it just doodling on the guitar doodling no no it's, a, it's like well how do you do it if it's guitar related it's straight up guitar related and that huh. comes really fast for me like i could do that all day long I the, see. the the more score based things is always uh try to start on a piano or, or sort of a string patch and sort of just just start just fiddle with a, it. a feel a feel for it yeah that's interesting yeah and it i'm not a great piano player either so s- sometimes that that gets a bit limiting and yeah. then i start going into logic and then i'll fill in the blanks there um i would love to strengthen that aspect of mine but my kids like my attention when I'm yeah home. yeah i mean it seems like you guys have it figured out here anyway it's, it's going okay you know it's like everything you just like i would love to do more of that yeah do you ever that was a, uh, this question I, I was thinking about on my way over here in the car do you ever um do you ever have moments where you think what the fuck am i doing with my let, life yeah let me let me ask you i'm gonna yeah. flip this around on yeah, you yeah yeah because i i i think this is an important thing to to sort of talk about it and it's like because it's always hidden really yeah which is, is happiness yes and like I'm a very anxious yeah, me person. Too, man. Yeah. And like there's time I can't sleep at night. And it's independent of success or whatever's happening. Yeah, it's it's this Why is six, that? Is that just part of being a musician or an artist or I don't know. I think what? sometimes it's it's there's a personality type in there. Yeah. I mean so much of it's genetics, I think. Um and then I have a really strong fight or flight mechanism i always joke with my wife like if anything happens i'll be four blocks away <laughs> and then i'll be like god i forgot my family i gotta yeah. go back and yeah, get yeah, them yeah. yeah um but i think you know a different point in time that would be a very a positive attribute to sure. have and i'm a survivor in that instance. that's right but now it's not you have to wear nicer clothes and you have to be very calm and you don't uh i don't know you turn the other cheek so um yeah, I, also, just, I guess despite the success, like the apparent success that I I see with you guys, again, do you ever feel like, what have I done? Uh, or are you generally very? 
I mean, I because from the outside, this is the I guess the difference between perception and reality is what I'm getting to because I see I see this enterprise that you and Covey have as being so successful and you make such great music and obviously it's financially from my point of view tremendously successful i mean i don't know many opera singers that live in multi-million dollar houses and and work in multi-million dollar studios so as far as music goes you guys are like very successful but do you does that does is that enough do you i mean do you still feel that ennui or that um melancholy about some other dream that you had that no because no. that that's i think part of it too is yeah. like i i wanted to be a musician i wanted to be a guitar player yeah so i get to do all of that yeah so i've achieved th th that i don't want that to sound weird i've achieved this part which is like yeah in except in the acceptable square of like that's what i wanted to do and yeah. i'm doing that that's fantastic in the linear uh, way of thinking about yeah. it. yeah and then it's like but where where's where do you find the happiness on it and i guess and that comes here and there in little blocks of where yeah. like oh i'm very happy like certainly when i finish a piece of music i'm very happy and there's then, no sadness about letting it go i'm none none, none. okay no i often will forget what like i'll hear something and be like that's pretty cool <laughs> and colin uh, one of our partners will be like oh yeah that's that's but, yours yeah. thing i'm like ah, oh i'm good yeah that's, <laughs> that's nice and then conversely like i'll we'll finish something and i'll be like ah, i'm terrible i'm the worst and it goes up and down it could go half a day like six hours it'd be like i'm a genius and yeah. then the other i'm like i do not know what i'm doing this is the the worst thing I've ever heard. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's where you and Kave really help each other because I've always seen Kave as being so, like, pragmatic, right? He's, just He's very consistent. so business minded and very uh, he partitions his emotion from the business. It seems like, mm -hmm. and maybe I because I think you and I are, are more alike in, in our volatility. I I feel like I can go from being like super happy to just being miserable within mm -hmm. just a split second. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and maybe that's like a big. I have part con of it for constant, you guys. like I even just in daily life, I keep <clears throat> waiting for the the Mad Max Road Warrior scenario to happen. I'm like any minute now. Yeah. We're gonna be in Mad Max. Yeah. Maybe I should be teaching my kids archery. Exactly. And sword fighting and things like Where's that. Where's that? Where does that come from? What was your? What was that? Does that come from your folks? Uh, probably my my dad grew up really poor in Utah. Yeah. And my mom. Uh, she grew up in New York, yeah. but she never said. She's like, I didn't know I was. We were poor. Was, my mom's Puerto Rican and grew up in the Bronx. And yeah. it was like they didn't really have money, but she said we we ate. And, and you had a fun. happy childhood. Did I had a folk, great your childhood. Folks got along. It's not, they weren't pulling the rug out from under you nope. emotionally. Super so great. So where does that where does that uh, paranoia come from? Or those know. worries? I think my like there was always that like you should get a city job because it's consistent. Because my dad knew what it was like to be like. Yeah. I mean, he was a fireman for ages and he supported himself. And I think his perspective was like, do not take risks. It's not worth it. Do something consistent. Stay at a low level. Yeah. A burn. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm the, I was a kid that listened to my parents and I was like, so taking risks is terribly scary for me. Yeah. At any, Even now. Oh, yeah. Any risk whatsoever. Is is very scary for me, and you see Kaveh as being a little bit different that way. Oh, he's totally 
but it's great because I have this guy. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. he yeah. he could I can do this yeah. and I can do that and uh, I guess I have a lot more to lose now with my you know I have a family yeah. and stuff. But uh, but that's like I always think like I'd be perfectly happy in a teepee by a river <laughs> with an acoustic guitar. Like that's yeah. fine. Yeah. As long as everyone's safe and happy and we're cool there. Do, uh, do, do you have a control thing at all? Like, do you ever look at this business and think, oh, everything's just spinning out of control? I don't, this is too big or. Y yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's with everything. I like, I, I kind of, like, with everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I have found, like, I've been trying to meditate. And that yeah, helps. man. Yeah, me too. It's hard. It is hard. It, you know, what's funny is that I, I was just, uh, we were, I told you before we started that I was in Mexico for a few days. To, yeah. uh, and we went with our dear friends, mutual friend that, you know, Eric Whitaker and, uh, and he kind of turned me on to meditation and, and we were talking about, and this may be a personality thing that, that you and I share too, how I very often don't feel great, like emotionally or psychologically and at the same time, I know the things that make me feel better. Like I know for sure, without a doubt, exercise makes me feel better. Eating well makes me feel better. Meditating makes me feel a lot better. And I don't do any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. And then, and then sleep, getting like eight hours of sleep. Yeah, man, I'll stay up till two. Yep. And I'm not doing anything important, yep. frankly, just, just doing nothing. Yeah. Watching YouTube videos or yeah. something just totally asinine. And so I have to, you know, I'm 46 years old and I have to say to myself, is that just, is that just who I am? Is it, uh, and why is that? Like, do, is that, and, and then not doing those things makes me feel even worse because yeah. not only do I know what makes me feel better, I know that not doing them makes me feel worse and choosing that makes me feel bad about myself on top of it. I, I feel, and I wonder like, does everyone feel that way? The same with me. Where is hap is is anyone else happy or are we all kind of just in a getting through? But I I think like my wife generally is pretty happy. Yeah, isn't it infuriating? Thank God. And she all the time, I'll be like hands yeah. on my head like, "Oh, this is the end." Yeah. And she'd be like, "It's not the end. You just take a deep breath." And I'm like, "Oh, thank My you wife's the same way." This. Yeah. I have a general and this 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 sounds really bad, but I ha I feel like I have a, and I don't want it to be true. But then I look in the mirror and I think, you know, I honestly have a general distrust of people who are too happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what do you, you must go home and kick the cat or something? <laughs> like I was, we were uh, one of the guys that we went on vacation with um, suggested we watch this. There's this Tony Robbins um, documentary kind of thing on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I watched it and I thought, okay, that's interesting. But the guy is so turned on all the time and he's so happy and he's so enthusiastic. Part of me obviously wants to be like that. But then the bigger part of me says that that guy, there's something wrong with that guy. What, you know, do is that something, do you feel that way at all? I haven't thought about that. Cause I've, I've, in my life, I've listened to some of the Tony Robbins stuff and it's been helpful. Yeah. Like, but no more. You don't think like, oh, this is culty. Like this guy. There's yeah. Something, I mean, there's every, something going on I here. feel everything is culty. <laughs> I'm Catholic and I'm like, I'm at church going like, this is really culty. Yeah. Right. Like I, I'm kind of have a problem with this a little bit. Yeah. 
So there, I'm at, I, I'm torn in pieces. There, I'm torn uh, yeah. in pieces everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah, just... yeah. So what's this, what's the trick? I don't because... know, but I will say, like doing the the meditation, I'm using that Calm app on the iPhone. Oh, I haven't tried that. Oh, it's nice. really great. Yeah, and it's, it's it's guided like a guided meditation. Yeah, and this mm-hmm. really lovely uh, voiced lady who's like, like we're cool. Yeah, we're just gonna do this for five minutes. You could do five minutes. That's the thing. And uh, it's like seven days, and every time I do, I'm like. Oh, I actually feel happy. Yeah. And it's being like being present, present. just just being now and not yeah. thinking about yesterday, not thinking about tomorrow. And but man, that's hard. It is even just like I do this. I try to. So I got this book called uh, 10, 10 percent happier by Dan Harris. It's this, this news anchor that had this meltdown on air, mm. like a syndicated news anchor with with big. I mean, he's just he's quite famous, actually. And so he wrote this book. And I, you know, I get into it really deeply and then it just, I don't know, it just kind of falls off. I, I haven't figured out how to uh, be consistent with it, I guess. I think that's part of that original problem is. Yeah, man. Like, I know if I don't eat Pop-Tarts, I'll feel better. Yeah. But. But this Pop-Tart is so. For 10 minutes, me. that <laughs> that Pop-Tart's yeah. going to be incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And staying up late because, like, I'm on my couch. I'm in my nice little happy place. Yeah. Watching TV. Yeah. I'm just going to hold on to this. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow's going to hurt, but. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I don't know. That's so funny. Yeah, man. I, I always. But it, has it does it affect your work? Because I sort of find this is a weird thing. Like, that anxiety sometimes, I get really productive. And so sometimes. I'm like that that sort of fear that like everything will end like I'm going to work. Yeah, how do you how do you have both though? I mean, the, these people that I talk about that are so seem to be so fulfilled and so happy seem to seem to have both. But I don't know. I know uh, I I won't say any names, but I've heard of a lot of composers yeah. that are a hot mess. Yeah. Genius, maybe that that comes with their genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, do you um, have a need to be productive? Is that part yeah, of it? Absolutely. Where does that come from? Is that from your dad? Probably. He, he just Both worked. my parents are super hard workers. Yeah. All the time. And I generally, as a kid, was very lazy. Yeah. Didn't want to do anything. But now it's like if, if we're not making something achievement unlocked mm-hmm. to the next level of, of whatever it is, whether it's uh, reading something or, or learning a little something yeah. else. But I think that also comes from the fear, like, this could end at any moment. Like, people could stop listening Calling. to music. Yeah. People could stop anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have no other skills <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> I'm none. <laughs> Maybe that. If I learned how to, to be a plumber, that would, like, calm me down. Like, at the end of the day, I could fix. Are there any – do you ever get jobs where that drive goes away because you just don't want to do it? No, I love you do. working. You do? No, I mean, do you ever get, get do you ever get contracts that come in and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this movie or this video game, or I'm just not into this? Do you somehow like, for instance, I have to sing, not so much anymore because I I I have my own groove and music now and the way I make a living, but when I used to sing more principal stuff, or I remember especially in college, they taught us that you had to find something that you loved in everything that you sang. Like I had to sing songs that I just didn't like that. I didn't relate to or whatever. Do you ever have that instance or do you just, do you generally like everything that you get to do here? Uh, um, we, we're doing in movie trailers. There's 
there's been a trend over the past maybe five years mm -hmm. uh, that I, I think maybe we had a, at least a small part in, in propelling, which is sort of remixing famous songs and mm -hmm. trailerizing them. Mm -hmm. um, so that now is, is really popular. Mm -hmm. um, and so occasionally you'll get a song like this is yeah near impossible and does that come from the producer or who, who, who? it's somewhere on that side of the fence uh, -huh. uh it uh -huh. could be someone at the the studios like we want that to work got it or it could be someone's sort of a harebrained idea mm -hmm. and they just drop it in the composer's lap to be like make it work yeah um and it could they could be asking you things that are completely contradictory to mm -hmm. make happen and that's so, frustrating right yeah and that and that's but that's part of it and then i it's like a grieving process. So yeah. you'll spend 20 minutes going like, why on earth am I doing this? And then it always comes back to like, well, that's why they came to me. So it's kind of flattering. Like, okay. Yeah. They obviously I, think I can do this. Yeah. Impossible I have to be task. The, yeah. yeah. That's my job is to fix, be the fixer. For yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kind of crazy uh, ideas. And are there like set time constraints to the trailer music that you compose? Like, in, for instance, when you're shooting a TV show, you know, it's got to be 22 minutes and it's good. Mm. And there are these certain breaks at this particular time. And is, is there like a box that you've got to fit everything no, into? I, I don't. Uh, at our at, with Ninja Tracks, we try to ignore if there is. We try to just ignore that. Hmm. I mean, there's certain uh, emotional, energetic things mm -hmm. you have to do. So even if it's a dramatic or slow piece, there needs to be an inherent sort of energy to it. Do you be... score a picture normally? Uh, it's no. Like, if do they send you the trailer without the music and they say, yeah, on occasion. Yeah. Like last week, I spent the whole week doing that. Okay. Um, sometimes it's just, you're just going and you get to just serve the music with the idea that I know this, someone's going to try and cut their picture to this. Yeah. So I have to. Oh, so they'll do it the other way. Like yeah. they'll get the music and then they'll cut the, they'll cut the, video to the music yeah i see yeah and i you, think everyone is like would love to rely on the other guy like i would love to get picture yeah so that i have that framework that's right and they would love to get music so they have the framework and they could fit their picture to the framework do you ever that. just get a piece of paper where it's like at at three seconds i need a symbol crash and at 12 seconds I yeah need that's a bass how I, my shorthand my musical scrawl is yeah. is like loops wiggle explosion picture uh all kinds of weird like uh hieroglyphics yeah 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 and so, when a custom job comes in do you do you and kavi decide who's gonna like you said take the lead uh, like yeah. are there certain things where they do you ever get to use your guitar for instance in those types a of things little, i try and squeeze it in but most of the time i it has to sort of sound not like a guitar um th that's how i've found it oh that's interesting is, i think the guitar has so much bring so much baggage with it yeah yeah right that like i used to love playing acoustic guitar but mm -hmm. i've never i don't i think maybe one time i've have i've put acoustic guitar in the hundreds of pieces of music that have gone out and even with with guitars on never acoustic guitar unless it's acoustic faking some sort of ethnic yeah sort of uh thing but never like wow and it usually tends to be like oh that sounds like a singer songwriter we want that. Yeah, we'll go license a singer-songwriter song. That's really surprising because I think a lot of people know you as a guitarist, don't they? Yeah, uh, I think now because I oh, you I've do all this YouTube kind of spent yeah, yeah some time on YouTube and doing how's that, that going? Do you like doing that? Yeah, it's fun. But why? Uh, did, for, why did you start that? And first, let's explain to people what what it is that you do on YouTube. So I, I have yeah. a, a YouTube channel called Big Harry Guitars, yeah. which is sort of my tribute to that 
1987 uh, guitar zone, which is, that's my happy place. Like I spend my life working on this other music and I don't have the luxury to say like, I don't like this song yeah. if it's popular because I need to understand why other people like it. Yeah. And so I've spent the last whatever, 30 years of my life trying to just be like, okay, people like this because of this. And so if anyone says, oh, I need it to be kind of like this band, mm -hmm. I know why they're ex extracting Yeah, you've that. taken so, it apart and you, you understand. Yeah, so now there's a the sort of a library of, of that. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty rare they ask for like, 1988 Def Leppard, yeah. which is nice because that's my little box <laughs> that I get to have. Yeah. And I don't like to share it with people. It's like, that's it's, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was just, I, I, I realized for like, I haven't played a song all the way through on the guitar for like 20 years. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, I, I would love, this is my passion. Let me do something and share it with people. Get a, yeah. Get a little better at it and, and be able to share it. And so what was the first episode that you did? How, what did you, did you just play a song? Uh, do you review guitars? Do you review a little amps? Bit, I mean, yeah, I do the... a little bit of re reviewing. Um, there's a couple of big companies that I've, I've kind of met up with and became friends with them. So mm -hmm. I'll show off their stuff. But, yeah. Um, like the first thing was the nerdiest, like there's a, device called a delay which is basically an echo sure. you call it a delay so i had 25 manufacturers delays that i just started collecting because no one wants them anymore everyone uses the computer yeah so i just grabbed everything i can i'm like There's little foot foot pedals foot pedals switches, and rack yeah. uh -huh. gear and yeah. uh just ran the same thing through it and be like this is the sound of this one this is the sound of this one this is it. and it is mind-numbing if you're not a yeah. super like audio nerd yeah um but it got really good feedback and so then I just used my my vast knowledge of 80s rock stuff <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of went on from there. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was do you nice. do it every week? Do you do it every no? Now whenever? it's yeah. I had a we had a nice lull of a couple months where I was able to spend some time doing that. Yeah. But now it's like it's been a little while, uh, and I'm still working up, up to do more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really fun, and then. I get almost as much pleasure writing a piece of music as I do like putting together some sort of video with an editing. Yeah. It triggers the same little brain tickling. Endorphins, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's great. When you finish, you're like, oh, this is something. I created something. It's great. That is, oh, that's great, man. So yeah, what do you have coming funny. up here at Ninja Tracks? What are you guys working on now? Uh, we have a new Microsoft game we'll be starting, which will be coming out in, we're starting towards the end of the year, coming out next Can you say year. what it is or no? I cannot. Okay. That's as much as I could say about it, yeah. but that will be super cool. And that's mm -hmm. exciting for, for a number of reasons, but that's, that's <laughs> not, that's not very helpful. Okay. Um, and, uh, and you just, uh, did you just release your last album or are you, um, yeah, there was, we put out an album and that's going to go, uh, we're going to do public, releases and try and do more of that in the in the past we sort of held on to them thinking oh the industry wants to have this little secret stash of yeah, stuff. yeah but uh more and more it's acceptable just to put it out and it's kind of nice to have the music out there for the small collection of people that are really into trailer music so um we'll be putting out two or three releases of our our music so just, i mean that'll just be out like on amazon yeah and iTunes yeah and... itunes wow yeah so that's it's kind of nice to be able and to it doesn't that. hurt the 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 studios don't look down on that. Or they're just, I don't think so anymore. Wow. Yeah, there was a there was a couple of companies that really kind of pioneered that and were mm -hmm. like, okay, no one no one really seemed to care uh, on that side of things. And then so uh, at the 
let's say whoever's producing the trailer for a particular movie, they'll just literally go on iTunes and listen to some of the tracks. No, we, How does that work? Yeah, we, we uh, our, our guy Colin, um, who's our partner, who's the main interaction between our clients, um, they'll call him, mm-hmm. say like, we're, we're working on this movie, we're looking for this sort of idea. And mm-hmm. he is has an incredible uh, memory for music. So he'll be like, here, I'm sending you these. Mm-hmm. And, or um, they'll send us, say, send us anything you got new or, uh, mm-hmm. and when we finish an album, we'll send it to them say, hey, we have this new. So there's a constant flow of, of music and, and uh, communication back and forth mm-hmm. with, uh, with actually this sort of small amount of trailer houses that do most of everything that That's amazing. everyone sees. So, I mean, over the past 15 years or so, when we've been really entrenched in trailer music, um, we've gotten so much feedback that at this point, like when we write music, it's really ingrained in, in what we do. And I have to un to really unthink yeah. trailers for uh, the, the way they build and the energy of them and, and uh, kind of that and just, to write something different. And it's also with the guitar thing. It's like, it's nice to kind of have a verse chorus. Sure. B section bridge. And then you get to repeat things. It's like, this is incredible. Yeah. 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 With the trailer music, it's always, there's always this growth and you're like, don't let anyone get bored. So what's the, what's the, um, what's the ratio between custom music and, and music that they just license that's already been made? Uh, it's kind of, Pre licensed stuff is probably at least seventy percent. Wow. Yeah, and because part of the problem is um, on the custom side of things, it's before it's locked down. That's right. So, um, so you're basically pitching, mm-hmm. and you're working together with with the even the studio, mm-hmm. and it could get to the very end, and they could be like, "Yeah, we mm-hmm. decided just to use the Star Wars theme after all," and you're like, "Okay, well." Thanks. <laughs> worked on it in a month, but it's all right. It's you know, it's worth a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so is you it, have to balance it a bit, or you'll just go under. Right, right. So what's the plan moving on to the future? Is this the thing that you're going to stick with? Is this your is this your jam from now on? Yeah. I, are you going to sell the company and buy an island? What are you going to do? Well, if it was up to me, I'd grab that teepee and be, <laughs> have a laptop and a teepee and a Wi-Fi satellite hub. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, this is great. It really is so great. Yeah. I, I live four minutes away, so I'm able to kind of just coast down the hill. I come in and I work with my two best friends. Yeah. And I write music. And largely, it's just whatever music I want to write. Yeah. And then I go home and yeah, I like my family. And then it starts over. And that's that. So really, any of my anxiety and sadness is all coming from within. So that's what I'm working on. Yeah, I got to figure out that you more than anything brother. else. Well, listen, man, it was great having you on the show. Thank you. I really appreciate sitting with you, and uh, let's um, let's all go to lunch together. That sounds good. All right, man. Well, there you have it, folks, Michael Nielsen of Ninja Tracks. I want to thank Michael for being on the show. I, want to, I also want to thank the guys at Ninja Tracks, Kaveh and Michael both, for helping me with this program. They gave me some great advice and continue to help me on the business end of it, which I really don't know anything about, so... Just a big shout out to you guys. I, I think you're great and I really appreciate you. I also appreciate everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I hope you tune in again. And I'll see you next time. Like long walks and you wear clean pants, genius. Get onto my show.